It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on uh, the Best Coast Boys Podcast. You can also follow him on Twitter at McCool BCB, Landon. We are one day away from the NFL draft. Uh, it really snuck up on us. It seemed, I know it's um, you know we've been covering it for the last three or four months, but I'm always surprised at how fast it gets here. Yeah, it's like you get into this. Uh, you know, when when you're doing the draft, it's like you get into this rhythm of just kind of week by week going through this stuff, and especially with like us when we podcast, you know, five days a week. Yeah, you, you just kind of get you're grinding through. You're doing you're doing the work. Uh, and then, and you just kind of know that in the future, uh, the draft will the, will come, and you don't really try to look up too much because you know it 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 it's when you're far out, it seems like it's gonna it's gonna be forever, right? Yeah. But but, but then suddenly you look up and and you're you know it's Tuesday or Wednesday of the week of the draft, yeah. and you're like, oh my god, it's it's in hours instead of days. Uh, so it's it's just fast. It's just funny how that flip switches from oh this is forever. I'm just not even going to look at this to oh my gosh, it's this week. I, I hope I've got everything done. I, I think one of my favorite things about the draft process is all the ebbs and flows, right? Like we, yeah. if you're on Twitter at all, uh, you see there's players of the day that everybody's discussing and arguing about or positional value, and uh, that kind of helps us get through the draft process and you know figure out all these players and these different names. So uh, it, it's it's a lot of fun. I can't believe it's already here. Um, but before the draft gets here, Landon, we need to talk about some guys that are buried at the bottom of the Cowboys roster that could impact their draft plan. So uh, there's a couple of guys that I think that are maybe uh, maybe rookies last year or young players that are low on the depth chart that maybe impact the Cowboys draft. Maybe there's a certain player, let's say at linebacker, that the Cowboys really like. And maybe that's why they're not going to address that position early or something to that effect. So today we've got, oh, I think, what, seven names we're going to talk about uh, that could impact the Cowboys' draft plans. And let's start at receiver, because I do think this is a position uh, where the Cowboys have a lot of names. Maybe nobody has stuck out as a potential number three option, uh, but there are some guys down the roster that I think we are both intrigued by. Uh, I'm not even going to mention the guys like Noah Brown and Devin Smith, who could certainly have impacts. Uh, but the first one I want to bring up is Cedric Wilson. Um, Wilson is entering his third year in the NFL. Uh, the first year he was basically out all year with a collarbone issue. Uh, played a little bit more last year. Um, what do you think about Cedric Wilson and his chances in the 2020 season with the Cowboys? I think the first thing we have to mention is that, you know, more so than previous years, this group of players, uh, we have just very little idea of what their mm-hmm. future is here because a new coaching staff, because the coaching staff is going to view these guys completely different than the previous coaching staff. 
Uh, you know, I think that some of the, I think a lot of these guys, uh, you know, are liked by the scouts and probably were, uh, you know, probably liked by the new coaching staff as well. But I think that does add an element of wild card to this. Um, I, I, I think Cedric Wilson is a guy, though, that, you know, just young, uh, uh, has some uh, refinement to his game, a little more refinement to his game at this point after, you know, coming into his third season. Um, I, I think that they, uh, the, the reports and the stuff that we hear internally is that they're high on him. You know, they, mm-hmm. they like him and, and they think that he's, uh, he could potentially, you know, they're at least saying that they think he could potentially do the job, uh, you know, to kind of set up the idea that they don't necessarily need to draft a guy, uh, in the draft. I, I don't know that, I don't know that they would feel 100% completely comfortable with the idea of Cedric Wilson being the only, you know, the, 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 the main guy as your, as your yeah, wide receiver no, three no. going in. Uh, I, but I think that, you know, they're not like canceling the season if they, if, if they have to go out into the veteran free agency and sign a guy to compete with Cedric Wilson. So, yeah. Wilson's really competing for like the fourth receiver job, right? Like, you know, yeah. Maybe the yeah, third th- outside job. Yeah. Once we get to that, that point, I think that's more likely, you know, he'll probably be that kind of uh, really what was more of like, a. a what, you know, that kind of fourth wide receiver guy, like that basically mm-hmm. that, that you have that can play inside and out. If someone's injured, he's your first guy off the bench. Um, Hearns kind of played a similar role, it feels yeah, like, yep. right? Where where you, you just you, he's reliable. Uh, if someone gets hurt, he's he's not a playmaker. He's not a guy that you want out there that you're going to be designing plays for, or, or even sure. you know deploying out there in a three wide receiver set every time. Uh, or even a guy that if they go wide, that you would necessarily he would be the next guy on the on on the field. Like they may more likely put a Jarwin or someone like that. But what he is is he's a reliable player. He can play a a, a, a you know multitude of positions, uh, and he can and he can be where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be. Uh, I think that's a role that Cedric Wilson, just based on what we've seen from his college tape and from what we've seen of him in the pros, that he can handle. Because I, I think. You know, he came into the league as a sneaky uh, downfield threat, so mm-hmm. I think he has that in his uh, in his bag. Even though he doesn't have necessarily great speed, I think he's added in some slot work there, and I think that kind of utility uh, just makes him kind of a valuable down roster uh, a contributor uh, who you know maybe even gives you some special teams looks as well. Uh, but just basically your classic wide receiver four is what I view him as. Yeah, I think a, a good maybe ceiling for him would be like what Josh Reynolds was for the Rams for the last couple of years, right? Where yeah. He's that. Yeah. He's the fourth receiver on a good offense where he can play a lot of different positions. Uh, you're not going to throw the ball to him a lot, but if somebody is out, uh, he can fill a couple different roles. So I think I think that's what the Cowboys are probably hoping for with Wilson. And again, if he can fill that role. Suddenly, a receiver's not that big of a need because you could you could piece together probably a competent third and fourth receiver if Cedric Wilson ends up developing into one of those guys. Um, I want to talk about one more receiver, uh, and it's a guy that we both liked quite a bit during training camp last year. Uh, preseason was pretty rough for him, uh, but undrafted free agent uh, John Vea Johnson from Toledo. Uh, all the physical traits are there, just needs to become more consistent. Uh, what do you think about John Vea entering year two? Yeah, I actually think you know John Vea is one of the guys who I I, I imagined that this coaching staff would like. You know that, that they yeah, would yeah. see him on on the down roster and be uh, 
not excited, but be like, okay, cool. I'm glad to get my hands on this guy. I'm, I'm, there definitely would be willing to work with this guy. He just seems like the kind of player that would fit what McCarthy likes to do. And I think, you know, he kind of fits in a lot of what the Cowboys slash McCarthy like to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think John Vea Johnson, you know, I mean, the, the, the trend lines for him were, you know, very, were steady, steady, it rising, rising, rising through training camp. And then he gets into preseason and, you know, he, uh, I think he, he kind of had a couple drop passes. Yeah, it was he, quite a few. Uh, yeah, was, but he was getting it, open. It, that was the that was the thing is. Yeah, he was, that was getting open. He was just dropping passes. Yeah, and he wasn't dropping passes early on, so it, it felt like it was a thing that you know he just couldn't maintain. I think people forget there's a lot of pressure when you know, like when you're in that route and you're going against. I mean, he was going against Guyton Wilson and all these other guys and, and Devin Smith and. And and so yeah. like there was all this pressure to uh, which is good because that's how you reveal whether these guys can make it or not right is there was yeah. all this kind of pressure to keep performing over and over again and the one thing that John Vea Johnson had going for him throughout that kind of last part was that you know Guyton Wilson uh, all these guys were kind of up and down and John Vea Johnson had remained consistent you know and yeah. had shown up and had good practice after good practice after good practice and then suddenly it kind of just near the end it, it just all fell apart for him. And uh, so I think that was part of the reason that they liked him a lot is that they felt like, you know, he held out for a really long time. And there clearly was a lot of things about him that you saw that you're like, okay, this is not just steady Eddie. He has playmaking ability Mm -hmm. if he could find a way to consistently keep it together. Uh, And I think that they were, after seeing how consistently he was able to do that before finally kind of relenting, they're like, okay, he just needs maybe one more year, and then he's going to be really ready to compete for a spot uh, in 2020. And, I, and I, that's what I imagine, is that he'll come in uh, and he'll compete for that fourth wide receiver spot, that fifth wide receiver spot, uh, and try to find a way to make a, a, a name for him. Because he does have traits that, you know, if he were able to raise his floor a little bit, his consistency, I think that you would find a way you might find yourselves liking him on the field over uh, Cedric Wilson, just because I think if you can unleash sure. his, yeah. his talent and his skill set, he might have slightly more upside than uh, a guy like Wilson. Yeah, I agree. Uh, John Vey is one of the guys I'm really looking forward to seeing in training camp, uh, provided we do have one, uh, two guys in that mention real quick, uh, Lance Lenore, um, not going to be an option. He was released <laughs> by the Cowboys uh, yesterday. Sorry, Lance pour one out for all the Lance supporters. Um, and then Ventrell Bryant. Uh, this kind of shocked me the other day, but how many games do you think Ventrell Bryant was active for last year? A lot. And I, and I actually, I, I was, I was, I had noticed this near the end of the year that, you know, uh, people, <laughs> what was funny is that when I started to notice it is when we started, people started talking about, uh, and, and to answer your question, is it like seven or eight? It's, it feels <laughs> 12. What was it? 12. That's crazy. So, so that's even the Cowboys, than I the Cowboys signed him on October second, and he or he played in every single game since they signed him. So, the, but the funny thing about it is that he. The reason I noticed it is because everyone was talking about how he plays kind of the Noah Brown role, mm-hmm. and I was and, and, and I realized at some point he he's played that role more than Noah Brown. So it's kind yeah. of the Ventrell Bryant role at this point. He had a little bit of an off field issue, didn't he? This this uh, he, yes. Yes, I, I, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, he got. Uh, I think it was a DUI. A D- DUI, it? yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how serious, but I mean, there was an off-field issue. Um, I, I think that 
to me, uh, you know, I like, and I, th- I think I even more like that role uh, with in this kind of offense. You know, and I think that there is a spot for this type of player. I think that Cedric Wilson can also make himself eligible for this role if he if you know if he kind of has put on some 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 weight and i think from what i've heard is he has yeah is that such a yep. wilson has put on like some muscle so i i yeah i, I think that there's gonna be a, a battle at the end of that roster for you know that wide receiver five wide receiver that light receiver. tight end position yeah. you know yeah. that kind of no like we call it the noah brown role but it's just because noah brown was there when they kind of started developing it but the Vince Mail role. Let's call it the Vince Mail. Yeah, role. the Vince Mail role. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's you know that light tight end position. I think is something that uh, that they they used a lot in the last few years. They've kind of you know picked up a couple different guys to do it. Um, you know, I think that uh, whoever ends up in that role, uh, there, I think there is a a, a fight for that spot. Um, what what will be interesting to see though is. You know, we've talked about how Bones likes to use defensive players on special mm-hmm. teams more. So, does that eliminate a certain amount of this role for the special teams wide receiver? You know, the Noah Brown kind of type situation. If so, Maybe. if so, it, it could be uh, uh, an issue for guys like Brian, for guys like Brown, and 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 you know Vince Mail if he came back. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I think that's the issue. Is that the the? It'll be interesting to see how they fit if that role even exists in this offense next year. Yeah, that back end of the roster, the the fights for wide receivers five and six between Devin Smith and Ventral Bryant, Noah Brown, John Vea Johnson, it, it's it's going to be, and Cedric Wilson, just a lot of names there. So it's going to be fun to kind of see how uh, that shakes out. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about some guys on the other side of the ball that could impact the Cowboys draft plans. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach since they're chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guys who want extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships them direct. So they're cheaper than even a pharmacy would have. Right now, we have a special offer offer for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. When you use our promo code NFL, just pay $5 of shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code NFL to try it for free. All right, Landon, um, let's talk about two 
rookies from last year that the Cowboys drafted uh, on day three. Uh, defensive end Joe Jackson and linebacker Jalen Jelks. Uh, and let's start with Jelks because I remember when the Cowboys drafted him last year. I think we did a podcast on Monday talking about all the picks. And I remember thinking Jelks projects probably more as a Sam linebacker in you know the NFL rather than a 4-3 defensive end. And now that the Cowboys are maybe looking to use more of that, you know, designated pass rusher, strong side linebacker player, I think he fits in a little bit better. Uh, what do you think about Jelks entering 2020? Well, I do think that no matter what, he he fits in a um, a multiple you know, in, defense in, in a multiple yeah. defense for sure. I agree. Yeah, I, I think that he he he's definitely a guy that because of his body type. I think he could do all those things that you mentioned. He could reduce down into a defensive end. He could play Sam linebacker. He's big. He's got long arms. He's he's you know pretty tough for how how lanky he is. You know, um, yep. I, I think yeah that that is as a kind of fill fill in guy as a Kyle Wilbur type of uh, kind of do all type down roster guy. I think that's kind of his role uh, if he makes the team. I, I, that's the other thing is that I think. Depending on how they view him, he might be entering a very crowded room going into yeah. the next season. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see exactly where, you know, honestly, I think a lot of what I'm interested in with, with Jelks is what room does he end up in the preseason? You know, does he end up in the defensive line room? Does he end up in the linebackers room? Probably uh, linebacker you know, room, probably. Yeah, right? I would imagine. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see exactly uh, where he ends up and. You know, he's so different. I mean, if he's in the linebacker room, he's so different than all the other guys in there, right? Oh, so yeah. I mean, he so, is a massive player, like 6'6", 255, something like that. Yeah, and so, like, at that point, do you – I mean, what what are we looking at doing with him, right? I think that, to me, he needs to be more of a hand-in-the-dirt guy, I think. You know, and yeah. like bulk him up a little bit. I, I, I think he will play that Sam linebacker spot. Um, but I tend to think that, you know, you've got a couple of these kind of linebacker pass rusher types. And then I, I think that what, what we need is more guys behind Demarcus Lawrence as a kind of closed end defensive end, uh, that can also rush the passer on, on nickel situation. So maybe jokes kind of steps into that spot with Armstrong. Maybe, uh, I yeah. you know, I, I think it's it's really interesting to see how how all these guys fall into rooms. So I, I think Jelks is ro- right at the top of of how does he get distributed into the different personnel grouping rooms. Now I don't have this guy on my list, but you just brought him up, Dorrance Armstrong. I, I don't feel like we're talking about him as much, but do you feel like he's probably just going to be Tank's backup this year? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I. I've been waiting for him to break out. I keep waiting for him to break out. I, I, you know, I, I, I still believe in Armstrong because I've seen it, you know, and I, and I, and the other thing about it is that he's in a, still an incredibly young player. I think he's probably going to be 23, 22. 22? He's, 20, he's 22 right now. Yeah. So maybe he'll be 23 going into the season. He's still very, as young as some of these players coming out in the mm-hmm. draft. So, um, I'm not. I'm certainly not giving him up, giving up on him, and I'm certainly not going to do it with the with the new coaching staff. Maybe a new coaching staff will get a little bit uh, some different stuff out of him. Uh, but yeah, I think that you know Jokes is kind of in the mix to back up uh, Armstrong, uh, back up uh, uh, Lawrence with Armstrong. But I think yeah, as of right now, I mean Armstrong is is got to be your backup, right? Yeah, I, I would I would assume. And I again, if Armstrong is a backup defensive end and he's only playing. 
10, 15, you know, snaps a game behind Tank, you're doing good on that side of the ball. So I, I, yeah. I the left side of the, the defensive line, I feel really good about. It's that right side that has some questions. Um, another guy that we should bring up, Joe Jackson, uh, a fifth-round pick last year. Admittedly, these are the kind of guys that I struggle with, you know, these really long power defensive ends that don't have much athleticism. I think Jackson's only like 260 pounds. Um, didn't play a whole lot as a rookie. I think he only played like 70-something snaps. What are we expecting from Jackson in year two? I think that Joe Jackson is the guy that, to me, of these down roster you know, uh, defensive players that, that are kind of left over, uh, that I think is going to be the most useful of here, and, and hmm. I, 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 you know, he's he's a big guy. Like he's, I mean, yeah. that's, he's not jokes. He's more, he's closer to what you know Tyrone Crawford is at. You know, he's six four, two seventy plus. Uh, so I think that he is. You know, I think he was kind of a tweener last year. They, you know, they liked him because of what he could do. The way he gets off the ball really well for a guy his size. Uh, he's not, you know, Gumby athletic, but I think he is got good burst off the line. He's got power, uh, and he can disrupt. I just think that he, they they have to find a spot for him. I think that in this defense, he's he he may be uh, uh, due for quite a, a a jump from what he was last year because I, I I think that I think he was kind of miscast at times as a defensive end, uh, you know, in, in a three, in a four three. I think. Uh, inside as a defensive tackle i think he could get a little bit washed a little bit i think this is a guy who i don't know what he's gonna look like coming in you know to his second year i'm I'm excited to see what he looks like but I, i think this is a guy that in this kind of multiple front defense could be extremely valuable and 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 be a guy that they move around in a couple different spots in the rotation as an inside outside guy um, you know, just kind of a like a, a mirror of of what they what they want to do with Tyron Crawford. You know, six four two seventy five eighty inch wingspan. I mean, thirty four yeah. inch arms. Just a massive, I'm, massive guy. I mean, this is a guy that if you wanted to line him up, and you see these, if you wanted to line him up as like a four eye, right, mm. or or like you know on top of a tackle at a five or something, and, and or you know just shaded and let him get in a one gap. I think he can do that. If you wanted him to play two gap a little bit with some help, I think maybe we'll see. that's that's what we need to see is with a year of of in the off season training program, can he get strong enough that he can give you something as a two gapper uh, on the outside? Potentially, yeah. Uh, yeah, otherwise I like, you know, especially if they're going to be doing some of this under front stuff where the the Sam linebacker is a pass rusher. You know, I, I like the idea of him being that uh, that kind of tight defensive end, right? That that's that can really t- you know take a, a an offensive tackle one on one and free up a pass rusher on the outside. Uh, I I think that he can provide a lot of uh, utility on your team just because he is so versatile uh, in a way that I think that they liked him for that last year. Yeah, but I think that you know now that you're talking about playing more versatile fronts, these guys become even more valuable. And, and I think Tyrone Crawford is a guy we haven't talked about a lot this off season because you know there's we a lot of no other I, stuff. We have to no discuss. idea how healthy he is either. That's the other. Yeah, thing. but I think if he's healthy, Tyrone Crawford is is due for a, an interesting role change, and I think mm. uh, 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 one that will really kind of he will be an even more useful player. And I think Joe Jackson is, uh, along the lines, going to have a similar sort of situation. Right. 
Now, Joe Jackson came into a tough situation last year because there just wasn't a lot of snaps available for him. He's in a 4-3. He's really a left defensive end. And again, they already had Dorrance Armstrong. They already had Demarcus Lawrence. There just was no way that he's going to play. But in a multiple front, maybe you see you see him more. Um, let's take one more quick break, and we'll get back to two more defensive guys to pay attention to this year. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, we talk about physical fitness all the time, but there's another side of the game that is just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And if you head to calm.com slash locked on, you'll get 40% off a Calm premium membership. Again, that's 40%. With Calm, you'll have access to the nature scenes that LeBron loves, like rain or leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditation. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash lockdown. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash lockdown. That's calm.com slash lockdown. All right, Landon, we've talked about the Cowboys potentially needing a linebacker. Um, you know, in this draft, I know there's some rumors out there that they could draft Kenneth Murray in the first round. Um, I, admittedly, I'm still a fan of Luke Gifford. I, I thought he played really, really well in the preseason. It's pretty clear that the Cowboys liked him, or at least the previous staff liked him. Uh, why shouldn't I be more excited about Gifford coming into year two now that he's fully healthy? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that you know, that was the interesting thing to me, too, when, with the uh... – with the Murray talk is because I, I agree. I felt like that they were really high on Gifford and they had high hopes for what he could be. Um, but maybe, you know, their uh, vision of that player was not, you know, as eventual starter, but more of just like, Hey, this would be a great down roster, special teamer. And then you, you know, of course, like you mentioned, you add in the fact that you've got a new defensive coordinator and, and, and you know, one who, uh, just came from being a linebackers coach, you know, so he's going to have his own kind of specific particulars about that, that he likes the position. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe maybe Gifford doesn't necessarily fall in line with that as far as a developmental down roster guy. So um, I, 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 I don't know. I, I think it's I very really interesting. Like him. I, I do too. And I also think that, you know, that's why the whole thing with the linebacker situation to me is, is fascinating because, I mean, really – Linebacker to me is the one position that that I honestly don't think you you need to touch. You know, I well, think you've I, 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 well. See, I disagree. I think I think you could get a guy day three to come in and compete with you know Chris Covington and Justin March for stuff. But it, you don't need a starter. You right? could, but you but you, you know that's the thing is that like yeah, you definitely don't need a starter. You don't really even need. I mean, like, look, I, I think that, let, let me put it this way. 
I I would say almost every position group outside of maybe quarterback like needs something whether that's an undrafted whether that's an undrafted free agent or a free agent or a draft pick or whatever there's almost every position group at least needs bodies in some form or another i would say the linebacker is the one position that they don't need yeah well especially if you consider jokes like a linebacker like because then you have you know, you've got Sean Lee and Jelks as your strong side linebackers. You've got Jalen in the middle with, you know, Luke Gifford backing him up. You've got Vander Esch as your weak side linebacker with Joe Thomas, Justin Marchalillard, Chris Covington. Maybe you add a seventh round pick or UDFA, but I mean, that's that's a lot of guys there. I mean, Covington, Sean Lee, and Joe Thomas have all played Sam linebacker too. You know, right. and, 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 right. and, 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 and depending on if, how you want to shuffle those around, you could be looking at a uh, a Jalen Smith playing Sam linebacker and Sean Lee and Leighton Vander Esch in the middle, or Sean Lee and I mean Leighton sure. Vander Esch and Joe Thomas in the middle, or Joe you know Leighton Vander Esch. So if the idea is that you're 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 truly looking at more three four looks, which it doesn't sound like that's the case. It sounds more no. like it's the case that they're doing four three looks with th- some three four principles in it, which would t- which to me reads like. You know, uh, defensive pass rusher, designated defensive pass rusher, maybe some two gap principles mixed in with some one gap principles, similar to what Seattle has done at times. Sure, sure. You know, I think that's what I look at. And when I think about that stuff, I mean, that doesn't lead me to think we need more linebackers, right? Like, I feel like we ha- still have the linebackers we need. So I think that this may be what I, what I guess I'm getting at is that I, I wonder if. This new coaching staff just disagrees about Luke Gifford maybe. because if they, if they don't see if they don't see him at that same level of you know high ceiling, maybe that's why they're you know they feel like they need to go see, get this a young is, guy to develop. This is why it's so tough with the having no off season, right? Because they really or they don't the new coaching staff doesn't get to see Luke Gifford, right? He only played one preseason game last year before getting hurt, so they don't get to see. I mean, maybe they have the practice footage and maybe they're looking at it, but I kind of doubt it. So they probably don't get to see what we all saw from Gifford in training camp last year. So you're, you could be right. Um, really quick, one thing before before we move on. Did you see uh, Logan Wilson, the linebacker from Wyoming, is getting first-round buzz now? Th- that seems... What? Yeah, I think Daniel Jeremiah said he's a, a, a sneaky first-round candidate. He said, he, said a couple uh, teams, right, uh, he said a couple teams have him graded higher than Leighton Vander Esch coming out of college. Uh, wow. Uh, well, I, I'll tell you this, and this may be a hot take. I I think I kind of prefer him over Murray. Well, one can cover and one can't. So, I mean, I don't disagree <laughs> with you there. So I don't I know. Mean, I mean, I just, like, I don't have a grade on Murray, but I mean. If you're talking about, like, the functionality of a linebacker, you want one that's not going to be limited to only moving forward. Yeah, I, I mean, I de- I, I definitely before you just told me that I definitely would say that uh, I would have normally preferred Logan where I could get Logan definitely oh, yeah. over where I could get Murray. But now that we're talking about both in the uh, the first round, I I still might prefer Logan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, last guy, the the ultimate unicorn, Chris Westry, cornerback yeah. from Kentucky, uh, a Chris Richard project. By the way. Uh, what's Chris Richard doing right now? Didn't he have head coaching interviews last year? Never mind. Um, oh, man. <laughs> uh, Chris Westry, six foot four, two hundred pounds, raining the four threes. Uh, is there any hope that he can make an impact this year? 
Uh, first of all, how dare you, sir? Matt Johnson is the ultimate. Uh, oh, there you go. That's true. Man, how dare oh, you, sir? Remember that red field where we got to watch all the tape from? Oh, that was so much. It hurt my eyes, man. I know. <laughs> uh, my my the favorite my favorite thing was again the most Matt Johnson thing ever was the that day at practice in front of the media where he caught an amazing diving interception and then immediately had to go to the medical tent because he got hurt on the play. So that that's the most Matt Johnson oh, thing ever. Uh, okay. Chris Westry. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. Like, it's, <laughs> like he's, he's so far away. Like, he's yeah. the one of the basketball scouting terms. He seems like he is two years away from being two years away. He's the he's the Rico <laughs> gathers of uh, of defensive oh, prospect. Uh, yeah, I just uh, he's he's. I don't know that he can survive in a as a cornerback in a system outside of a Chris Richard system. Sure. Yeah. Um, I I would say that if they they keep him they may want to think about moving him to safety but he's not physical or no. you know any of those things that you need in a safety either i just i don't know man i i i i'd like to see where he is maybe he had uh, maybe he's changed his body a little bit he needs to get a lot stronger yeah and if he's gotten big and strong and he still maintained his quickness then heck yeah i mean i'm interested sure. in him but if he's a guy who is always going to be a bean pole uh, you know, it's always going to be a, a, a yeah. 200 pound 6'4 guy, like, or you know what I'm saying, like sub 200 pound yeah. 6'4 guy. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know how but long. I, I don't think he's one of these guys that the Cowboys are changing their draft plans around, yeah, right? Th- this, th- the whole premise of this, of this pod really is hey, these are guys that may be. Uh, in the back of the coaches and the GM's minds when they're drafting, yeah. right? With okay, well, we don't need this guy because I do really like this guy that we've already got. I don't yeah. know that Chris Westry it falls into that category. Just because no, I agree. He's so exclusively a, a a Richard guy that I don't know how much interest the team, though they haven't gotten rid of him yet. I just I just don't know how much he factors into their plans. He did outlast Donovan Alumba, which I do think is kind of interesting that the Cowboys decided to to keep him and release Alumba this offseason. So. Uh, again, they're not going to be they, counting. That's a good point. They're not going to be counting on him, but he's somebody to just keep in mind as a maybe down the roster cornerback. Yeah. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, make sure you're following Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked On Cowboys, and I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.